It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today with Vancouver's Podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Zeeshan Hyatt is the CEO and co-founder of Prism Media Inc., a digital health agency that services some of the fastest growing mail order pharmacies and durable medical equipment providers in North America. His new startup, Kudo Technologies, is developing mobile applications that integrate both healthcare product delivery and IT tools for patients to manage and transform their chronic conditions. Amongst all things, Zishan is equally passionate about being a family man and giving back to the community in Vancouver. Well, Zishan, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thank you for having me. Great. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Sure. So um, I'm from Pakistan. Uh, I, was, uh, I came to Canada when I was about uh, the age of 10. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, and uh, they uh, decided to move here. Uh, my mother passed away uh, at a very early age. Uh, I was about seven years of age, and I never met my father. So um, I've uh, had a, a really close relationship with my grandfather. Uh, my grandmother has also passed uh, for some time now. Um, so, yeah, um, came here uh, at a very early age, started my education here, and eventually uh, started the company um, and uh, um, grew it to be uh, to what it is today. Um, in terms of what we do, we essentially help chronically ill patients connect with mail-order pharmacies and durable medical equipment providers and retail chain pharmacies. So we help them um, with getting their prescriptions filled or uh, getting durable medical equipment such as back braces, knee braces, wrist braces, um, other medical equipment such as sleep apnea machines, as well as uh, their basic prescriptions that uh, they're taking on recurring basis uh, due to the chronic conditions that they may have filled through our partners. And uh, uh, these are partners that have been fully vetted by our, our company. Okay, so you provide the service, so you're in essence the middleman between the, the uh, providers and the, and the customers? So we, we help connect um, and vet patients with pharmacy partners who have been vetted as well um, and uh, can actually deliver the services. So there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in between um, that requires for our prescriptions to be filled. So we, we, we work with their doctors, insurance company, patients, insurance companies, and doctors to in, ensure that they are qualified and actually have a prescription that can be filled by one of our partners. And that is essentially the service that we provide through our marketing and lead generation services, as well as technology services that uh, engage the patients, the insurance companies, doctors, and pharmacies. Okay, now did you need financing to start your company and how do you currently make money in the business now? Um, well, when we started this company back in 2001, um, I was uh, 
22 years of age, uh, or 21, I, think, I believe, and uh, my uh, co-founder uh, and I started while we were still in college working part-time jobs. Um, raising capital was not an option, or perhaps we didn't know enough about it at that time. Uh, we had a credit card, and um, we made a commitment that whatever money we borrow off this credit card must be paid back within, we have to make enough revenue to pay back that money within the first month, within the first 30 days so that we don't incur interest charges. And if we couldn't do that, then we wouldn't go forward. So uh, fortunately enough, we uh, you know, borrowed about $7,000 that uh, very first month um, to start our online um, uh, business opportunity that uh, we had in mind, which essentially led into a generation company that it is today along with the technology services that we provide um, and we were able to you know make enough revenue to pay back within the first uh, 30 days and that allowed us to continue the business and and grow it from the, that point forward okay what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver BC or even Canada so we're already in states. Um, uh, we have a big footprint uh, in the in the American market. Um, given that you know things are are changing politically and economically quite a bit in in America, um, we're definitely looking at expanding out in the UK market, and then from there we'll look at other uh, English-speaking countries such as Australia, and New Zealand, and um, and then eventually the Middle East and and uh, other uh, European and Asian Pacific markets. So the goal for the company, um, because we're in healthcare, it's, it's, you know, it, it's something that is required all over the world, but it, it's got its challenges too, which is part of the reason why it hasn't um, advanced in technology as fast as, as it should have. Um, and that's due to compliance. And every country has different compliance measurements and requirements uh, and regulations that we must abide by. So we understand the North American market really well, um, but um, you know we actually just had a meeting with the trade commissioner here in Canada to uh, set us up with their counterparts in in um, in UK, and and we're now going through the process of commercializing our services in United uh, in United Kingdom, and that's really the first uh, goal that we have in terms of uh, in, in a foreign market to enter. Um, Long-term vision and goal for the company is definitely uh, to to grow the company um, with a global footprint um, and uh, to to have thousands of employees um, and um, you know have a representation of of the service and the company around the world eventually. So uh, we we do have some big goals uh, for that, and uh, it's something that I'd, I have a passion for in terms of seeing this this company grow into an international market. Okay, well, we've learned a lot about you and we've learned a lot about your company. We're going to talk a bit about Vancouver now. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think uh, now, so I started my company back in 2001 and you know, I, I really took it uh, full time because I was still in school and, and completing my education, working part time job. So I, I didn't really go full time at it until 2000 and towards the end of 2003. That's when we started to hire, you know, our first 
developers and UI UX uh, uh, designers and start to build out our technology CRM so we can manage the patient data uh, securely and, and take all those measures uh, that are required to grow the company. Um, at that time, things were different um, in terms of starting a company. Um, regulations were different. Um, you know, there weren't as many uh, competitors here in Vancouver as uh, as it is now. Um, for example, now we have you know Amazon, and uh, they're they're expanding their footprint here, opening a new office, and thousands of more people being hired by them. Uh, we have some uh, uh, other competition, local competition like. Uh, Hootsuite. Um, we have uh, companies, uh, you know, from down south like Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft. They all have uh, offices here and and growing their footprint. So we have growing competition here in terms of attracting talent and prices. You know, in terms of salary cost and and cost of living, uh, cost of uh, uh, office. Uh, uh, maintenance, everything has gone up over the years that I've seen since, you know, 2003 to date. And um, uh, now I feel that, you know, if I were to start all over again, it wouldn't be so easy for me. Not that it was easy back then, but it wouldn't be as easy or it wouldn't be, it would be difficult to start without capital. Um, and not just, uh, you know, $10,000 on a credit card, um, but more uh, 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 you know, angel investment or even VC investment required to kind of get your idea uh, really off the ground, get people hired and interested um, who you have to, you know, compete with other companies, uh, great companies here in Vancouver. So um, I think, you know, still it, it, it is a place that I wouldn't leave. Um, I love Vancouver because, you know, I have my family and friends and my life here. Um, my kids have... Uh, being born here and 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 have you know now starting to grow up and go to, they're going to school here. It is one of the best places to live, um, and definitely uh, one one of the best places to continue to do uh, what we do here today. Because we we have you know a lot of grants that are available, so we we work with IRAP, Shred, um, BCIC. Um, there's BC Tech. Um, there are so many different organizations and g huge com tech community that is growing and supportive. I'm part of, you know, um, uh, uh, a support group for CEOs uh, such as East Tech, which is uh, an accountability support group uh, for CEOs. So there, there, there's a lot to offer here um, in Vancouver, um, but the, it's got its challenges too with rising costs and salaries. Um, living office expense, um, so you know you, you give and take, but it is definitely I can see that if I were starting today, it would not be the same as how it was in 2003. It's a good thing you started in 2003. That way you had a bit of a running start. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the Lower Mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired with ideas or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm huge in, into uh, activities, uh, outdoors and um, exercise. Uh, I When I was growing up, I took Taekwondo. I competed nationally, provincially. Um, it was all that I did while I was in high school um, and then in my college years, and it was something I was really passionate about. Um, so I got a lot of my wisdom, my, my discipline 
through my martial arts uh, that I did, uh, uh, getting my black belt and competing nationally for the country. So it was great. Um, after uh, I started my company, um, at the age of 23, I, I decided to part ways with Taekwondo um, because I was so passionate about it that I didn't feel the same not being able to compete. And I couldn't compete because I would need to then, you know, spend six days, uh, three to four hours a day in the Taekwondo studio to train for competition. And I couldn't do that while still going to school and starting a company. So something I had to give. At that time, I decided to take up cycling. And I did that because one of my best friends um, was uh, a national champion um, for downhill cycling, uh, cross country and, and downhill cycling from New Zealand. And he had moved here and we got to know each other and he started taking me out uh, for rides. And I just absolutely fell in love with, you know, riding through trails and, and just de-stressing and relaxing, um, getting fresh ideas that I may have um, uh, been struggling with in terms of at work. So uh, that's something that I do now is, uh, is cycling. Um, and yeah, with what it is weather permitting because it's outdoor and it does rain a lot here. So when it does rain, we typically go in and do, um, uh, I play squash regularly and badminton. Um, so that's another um, way I find myself, um, you know, winding down, um, de-stressing and, uh, and getting some exercise in while I'm at it. Okay, well, we have a lot of international listeners, so this next question, I want you to speak to them. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do, and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? Um, yeah, you know, uh, di it, it would be difficult, uh, I, I, I would have to say. I mean, my situation today is different from it, when when I when I started the company. When I started the company, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I didn't have uh, the added responsibility. Um, I was still living with my parents, um, so my grandparents. Um, and, and today, I have three children. Um, I have to provide for them. Um, I have a family, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the age of 39. So it's, uh, it's different dynamics. If I were to start over again today, like I said, I would probably be looking at um, you know, it would depend. Do I have any savings to take on this journey? Um, if not, I, I have to find work because I have three children who I have to provide for. Um, so I, I would have, you know, I'm in a different setting today than I was when I first got started. Um, but if I did have some savings and um, I just moved there and I'm ready to start, I, I would, you know, I would, uh, I would first of all get engaged with the tech scene here, uh, which is growing and and um, uh, with that, you know, you, you can actually start networking to understand exactly how things work here and get and, and definitely would require funding um, to support uh, a startup, um, which requires hiring employees, finding a place to work and paying rent, etc. So there, that, that those would be, you know, the steps um, that I would take if I if the scenario requir uh, was was that I had some. Uh, savings to then go on this journey. Otherwise, I would have to take up a job and, you know, build in, build up to a level where I can actually take that leap and, and uh, go both feet in and, uh, you know, go after my dreams. 
Okay, let's talk a bit about your routine. What does the first hour look like for you when you wake up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? Yeah, um, the first thing I do is I, I thank God for allowing me to get up and, and um, you know, thank Him for everything uh, that we have and, and, and ask Him to, to um, make this day a good day for us and my family. Um, and then after that, uh, I pick up my phone and look at my emails, Slack, messages, texts, etc. And, uh, and my schedule, of course, to see uh, of what what's next. Um, and then typically, uh, well, now that my kids are back in school, um, you know, we I help get the kids ready for school, get myself ready and get them off to school. Um, and I, I had to work at the same time when my wife uh, takes the kids uh, to school. So typically, that's what the first hour looks like. And, you know, in that I would have my quick oatmeal and and uh, pretty much get get going, get to work by eight o'clock. Okay, do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I, I, I don't think that they have to be unique or weird. I think um, they do have to have thick skin. Um, and I think that entrepreneurs have um, uh, a very strong willpower and, and um, they uh, are you know, determined to go after their dreams and to actually... Um, achieve the goals that they had set out. So they have, a, you know, entrepreneurs have a really strong vision uh, that they're after. They have a mission to get to that vision, and they have a willpower to not let them stop. Because there's, there, there will be ups and downs in your journey. There will be uh, challenges. There will be sleepless nights. Um, but those that get through that. Uh, survive through that journey and 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 you know grow their company and and uh, grow as entrepreneurs and I think entrepreneurs are always growing too they're they're always learning and I, that's one thing that I really stress myself over is that I continuously want to learn on daily basis I always want to be with other smarter people it's just like when I used to compete and play sports or even now when we play sport I I go out and on a bike ride with someone who's faster than me, or I play squash with someone who's better than me. I, you know, I, 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 I sparred when I was in ta- uh, Taekwondo competing with people that had higher degrees, black belt than me, more experience than me, so that I can learn off them. So that's what I feel that entrepreneurs are all about. And that's what, that's what helped them be different, but not in an in a, in a awkward way. Okay, so you stated you like to learn. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Um, currently, I'm reading uh, Elon Musk's um, autobiography. Uh, I started reading that because uh, I'm, you know, I'm inspired by him because he has crazy ideas, you know, uh, Solar City, Tesla, electric cars, uh, um, autonomous cars, and and going to Mars and setting colonies there. So um, I've, I've always been inspired by him and his ideas and, and, uh, and um, you know, how he's uh, started his journey and, and set himself really high standard and really audacious goals. And, and, and he's achieved uh, some of them and is continuing to work on others now. So um, uh, I would definitely recommend uh, that as a read. I think 
everyone knows, uh, especially if you're in the business world or not, um, you know a little bit about Elon Musk, but it was a great read, and I'm actually almost towards the end of it now. Um, and I would recommend that, too, to others uh, that are listening today. Any online or offline tools that you like to use on a daily basis? Uh, yes, online tools, uh, definitely Slack. I'm sure you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. WhatsApp. Um, and uh, I would, yeah, uh, those are those are the two uh, big online tools that I use on day-to-day basis, and, and I find them very useful. Um, as for offline, um, let's see. Paper and pen? Paper and pen. Um, maybe sometimes an offline compass or... A, or a, a weighing machine that is not digital, but yeah. that's about it. <laughs> okay. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? I would love to be a fighter jet pilot for cool. the for the Air Force. And actually, before I got my very first computer, my grandfather got me at the age of 12. That's what I wanted to be. Um, and before that, I wanted to be an astronaut. That's when I was like five years old. Um, but uh, I ended up being an entrepreneur after I got online and got on the internet. What kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. Hmm. Um, you know, if I have to do whatever it is, I'll do it. It just really depends on the circumstances. Um, I, 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 I really don't have any you know I, one job that I disliked when I was in high school I, I worked at uh, in a warehouse uh, in a grocery warehouse and it was in the freezer and I didn't I didn't like that but if I had to do it right now to provide for my family I'll do it in business what is your favorite word quote or sentence that you like to use um, my favorite word uh, it would be we like uh, in in terms of you know a combined effort, um, my leadership style of one is uh, democratic leadership style. So I like to collaborate. I like to include the word we. I don't like the word me or I. Um, so that would probably be my favorite word. Okay. So when you have uh, something with the company, you try and get other people in on the thought processes and look at all angles. Absolutely. I, I, I like, uh, you know, my management team, my uh, leadership team. Um, so we, we plan things together. We make decisions together, whether it's uh, office design. Uh, a lot of time people come directly to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? And I'll give them my opinion. But I'll say, hey, but also check with, you know, X, Y, Z so that you get a, a, a collaborative decision on this. Um, but of course, there are things that I have to be calling the final shots on and I do that um, but I always like to have advice um, not only from uh, people in my my company but also my my advisors and mentors um, that have helped me all along my journey as being an entrepreneur how important are mentors to you very important my biggest mentor is my grandfather um, who uh, is not a business person um, you know he's, he's an accountant by trade and and um, he's uh, always advise me um, in good times and bad times and and I've uh, you know uh, gone through many different challenges uh, over the years and uh, yeah he's 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 my biggest uh, uh, supporter and uh, all along throughout my journey what is your least favorite word or sentence you do not like to hear 
Um, sentence would be, uh, we cannot do this or it's not possible. Um, I don't think anything is impossible. I don't think anything is not doable. Um, if there's a, you know, if there's will, there's a way. So we just have to find a way. Um, I, I, I believe in that. I, I believe um, that, you know, businesses are the successful businesses actually solve a real problem for people. And if you're not actually solving a problem, then you're not really doing anything meaningful. So for us, um, you know, we're, we're faced with challenges all the time, regulation changes or, you know, things, uh, business requirements that change. Um, we just have to find a way around it and do it uh, in an amicable way. So, yeah, I, I believe anything can get done. I don't like to hear when I get told that that's not possible. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Um, I would say, you know, um, the word that comes to my mind is humble. And the reason why I used that word or chose that word was because I'm, I'm very humble and grateful and thankful to be in the position that I'm in today. Um, and for that reason, I feel that it's my obligation to give back and help others, um, whether it be giving my time or, you know, uh, funding or, or providing food, shelters, whatever it is that I, I like to do in terms of giving back. It, it's my obligation because I feel that where I come from, uh, Pakistan, which is, uh, you know, a uh, uh, a poor country uh, with not a lot of opportunity, especially for young people, could have been very different for me if it wasn't for my grandparents who helped me come to this beautiful country of ours, Canada, uh, full of opportunities. So it could have been very different for me. And I've been back there. I've, you know, recently went to Morocco and I've seen a lot of the world as I've traveled over the years and and seen poverty and how things are so different out there. But Forget that. I mean, even looking downtown Eastside, Vancouver, um, things are very different than where I'm sitting here right now in my office in downtown uh, in, in Vancouver as well. So I feel that, you know, I, I'm humbled with the position I'm in. And for that reason, I should give back and do more to help those who are not in the same position so that we can make this world a better place. What keeps you up at night, if anything? <laughs> Probably my children, you know, my five-year-old still sometimes comes into our, crawls into our bed at 2 and 2 a.m. and wakes us up. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've, like I've said, I've, I've had sleepless nights too. I've been an entrepreneur for my professional entire career since the age of 22. Um, so I, I, it wouldn't be fair to say that I've never worried. Um, or I've had, uh, you know, uh, other things happen. So we're struggling with some ideas or finding solutions to some some situations that we worked on during the day, and sometimes at 2 a.m., I, you know, I, I uh, get a thought in my head, and I wake up right away and note it down, and and uh, um, you know, uh, feel good about that. So I feel that uh, um, you know, that is what would keep up, uh, keep me up at night. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if I've done my 150 percent. I, I feel good about going to bed and I'm happy. So I just always say that to other people that I work with as well, that you know, always give your, give your best and that's all you can do. Leave the rest in the hands of God. 
Okay, I want you to give us the top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of any sort, whether you want to do a TEDx talk, write books, philanthropy, travel more, anything like that? Um, you know, I, uh, to be honest, I really don't have a bucket list. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful to be able to do a lot of things that I wanted to in my life already. Um, uh, I would, yeah, love to uh, maybe, you know, do a TEDx and, uh, although I feel that I need to build up to that and, and work more towards it. Uh, I, um, yeah, I've traveled a lot. I've just recently took a four week long trip overseas and it was great. Um, I'd love to probably go to Antarctica one day. Um, maybe, maybe if I'm able to, and I, if I can, I'd love to get out of space, uh, get into space and out of this world, maybe on Elon Musk's uh, journeys or, uh, through SpaceX or um, Richard Branson's programs that they're developing. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's just a fantasy of mine, but not really something that I'm looking forward to before I die. One thing that I haven't done is, is Hajj, which is, uh, which is an obliga uh, obligation of every Muslim to do at least once before they, um, once in their life. And uh, that's something that I plan on doing. Uh, going to Mecca, although I've been there four times in my life already uh, to do my Umrah, but I've never done the Hajj. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC? Yeah, um, I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, uh, pieces of advice that I've gotten over the years in different situations and scenarios and cases. Uh, one that I've always kept close to my heart is just never giving up um, and always setting myself goals. Um, short term and long term, and then working towards achieving them, and and not let people you know steal your dreams away. So it's okay to dream. It's okay to think big. It's okay to you know um, think about building a huge enterprise and and finding your way to get there. But also planning, also setting yourself short term goals and long term goals uh, to to achieving those particular dreams that you had you had, and not let um, people shut your ideas down. You know, for example, when uh, young entrepreneurs may be starting off their business today, going and pitching to angel investors and VC forums, and then getting shut down by saying, hey, your idea sucks and you'll never make it. This, uh, there's something else already out there that's better, bigger. Why would we want to invest in you? Don't let that um, shut you down. Don't, you know, don't stop there. Go to the next VC. Go to the next angel investor. Go and talk to more people. Work on your idea. Work on your innovation. And, and grow. So I think that is what I would suggest to those that are starting off today. And hopefully um, that encourages them to keep going. Okay, Zeeshan, are you ready to have some fun? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Well, as you know, entrepreneurs are always connected, very, very busy people, whether it be with staff, employees, clients, you name it, we're always connected. We're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there. There is no internet. This place does exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there any time to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? Um, so this, uh, this is a difficult scenario for me in, in this current time of my life because uh, whenever I travel away from family for work, um, I always um, you know, uh, talk to my children before they go to sleep um, through FaceTime or 
or just even a, a, a conversation over the phone. Um, so if I were to be dropped off on this island in this current time, I probably wouldn't last very long because I would I would want to speak to them before the end of the day, before I go to sleep or they go to sleep so that we connect and 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 uh, and we have a chance to talk. Um, but if I didn't have that family, if they were on um, the, if they were on the island with you. Oh, if they were on the island with me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to worry about anything. I would just we 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 would go and find ourselves food. I'm not sure if we'd have shelter and and clothes clothes, but we would go and explore the island. We'd go swimming. We would um, hang out at the beach. Um, we would look at different wildlife that exist on the island, and we'd have a lot of fun. I mean, when I go away with my family, um, typically, I I do cut myself off front uh, and get off the grid and and kind of just enjoy the time. But of course, um, you know, I would check in every other day with uh, the key people that I left in charge while while I was away. Um, but yeah, if my family was there, I'm good. I probably would, it would be at least a week before they'd drive me nuts and then we'd have to make that call. Okay. So one week with the family and then you make the call. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, Zeeshan, how can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Um, well, they can get a hold of me through Twitter at Zeeshan Hyatt or LinkedIn Zeeshan Hyatt, um, or Instagram at Zeeshan Hyatt. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot um, for those that are just getting started um, on their journey to um, being an entrepreneur or, you know, have thought of uh, some great idea that they believe is going to change the world. Um, I would just advise that validate that idea, create an MVP, get market validation, get feedback from your users, and then improve that before you go out and start to raise capital. And the longer you can hold off on doing that, the better. Um, so, you know, uh, if I didn't, like, if, if we weren't revenue positive right from the get-go, it would be very difficult for me to be here because of the scenario I had set out myself. But here now, um, if you're starting today, um, having some validation of your business um, and having some users or some data that validates your business um, and then go out and raise capital because I feel that now things are of one that you almost have to raise capital if you really want to grow. Um, and majority of the companies out there that we see uh, go in that direction at some point in their journey within their first, you know, one to three years if they can last that long. Oh. So if you, you know, if you can do that, um, then you'll be better off and you'll be in a better position to negotiate better terms with your investors. So you're saying one of the goals would be to get capital, venture capital of some kind or investors? Yes, but after some proof of concept of your business, um, after some data or revenue that you can pull um, and then show that these numbers can grow um, uh, with the investment that they would make and that would give you better leverage to have better terms um, with your investors. Okay, Zeeshan, thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter 
and write a review for us on iTunes, and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.